Thanks for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you. You can text Rock of KC to 816-307-1611 for a Connect card, and a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockofkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. All right, if you want to help out and impact some youth in our area and region, I encourage you to jump in there, volunteer, find out what they need help with, and do it. How many of you would love to see a movement of teens in our city, amen? Like a, a movement of God among our young people. They're not the church of the future. They are the church of now. Uh, we believe in a multi-generational church. That's why we have the young and the old up on our worship platform uh, they are not just for tomorrow, they are here for today and to be trained, equipped and to be the church in the earth, in their schools. They're coming in, they're going out, they're rising up, they're lying down, right? It's like, let's believe for that. Can we believe for that and believe for youth from all over the city to just pack this house out and, ha and, and have an encounter with God and then be lit on fire and to go out and transfer that fire? Come on now. I'm believing for that. The Spirit will come on our sons and daughters. And I, I pray that you'll pray that the Spirit will come upon our sons and daughters. And then on all of us, that all the flesh, all of our flesh would be submitted and yielded. God, I know you're in this room. I know, Spirit, you'll fill me. I hope that you are being filled today and every day because every one of you leak. Every one of you leak. And that's why you need new mercies every morning because you, you're not to have a night left over or whatever. My, my grands doesn't call it leftovers. He calls it the night before food. And uh, he, he doesn't eat night before food. He wants fresh. Like, I want fresh food. And so we want fresh manna. We want fresh anointing. We want fresh mercies because we got a new day. Amen. Come on now. All right. Well, listen, I, I've got... Uh, I, I'm, I've got a lot in me, and uh, I only want what's of God to come out of me, so let's pray. Father in heaven, we are here to get into your word, and we're here for that word to get into us. God, we are not here to check off a box. We're not here just to pacify some religious expectation. We are here to encounter you, to worship you in spirit and truth. And we know your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, and we know, God, that you've ordained the coming together of the ecclesia, the church, the called out ones, that you've, you've ordained that this moment happen on a regular and consistent basis and that your word would be preached and that exhortation, edification, and even warning and rebuke would happen. And so, Lord, we're here and we want to lean in. We want to bring all of our mind, our soul, our body into subjection and submission to you so that your word would come alive in us and that we would mix this word with faith and that we would act upon the word so that we would bear fruit that you're worthy of. So prove to be your disciples and glorify you, our Father in heaven. And we'll praise you for this and give you the glory and honor in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. All right, so are you ready to get into the word? Ready for that word to get into you? Okay, I have uh, some additional notes that I put in my notes just before... Uh, last night's service and I, I didn't give them to the production team so you'll have to listen do it old school okay 
before transparencies. I remember transparencies and worship songs going up on transparencies. Some of you don't even know what a projector is. Like, what, what are you talking about? Well, we're talking about the having to have transparencies, and then you had to have the person who knew how to put the songs, you know, move them at the right time so that you would be able to sing the words. And then before transparencies, guess what? And before hymnals, guess what? You just memorized the songs. How many remember those days? Like there were no transparencies, there were no hymnals, and, and new courses were being written almost every day. And the worship leader would get up and say, we're going we're gonna to teach you a new song today. And then you learned it. It was like no book, no words, no karaoke. You just learned it. Some of you are like, I don't know those days. I know, you missed out, but you don't have to. Okay. I mean... <laughs> 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth. The Greek term for obedience is hoop ak oe. It means the most literal sense, hypo, or under, and akuo, to hear. So literally, to obey means to sit under and hear. To hear while sitting under. That's why Mary went and sat at the feet of Jesus. That's why the disciples gathered around and they sat at the feet of Jesus. They were sitting under his teaching to hear what he had to say. That's obedience. So you recognize the term acoustics as coming from this Greek root. Who are you listening to? What sound are you picking up? What are you dialed into? It's like you're a receiver. You know that, right? You, you are a receiver, like a receiver in your car. You, you can receive different signals. You have the ability to tune in to a lot of different things. And God says we purify ourselves by obeying the truth, by sitting under the truth. You can sit under a lot of things. You can sit under fear. You can sit under anxiety. You can sit under worry, right? You can sit under a lot of things. You can sit under a lot of nonsense, a lot of crazy. Or you can sit under the teaching of Jesus. You can purify yourselves because you're sitting under the sound of Jesus, the acoustic of heaven, the sound of heaven. You see, obedience is all about hearing. So to obey the truth means to sit under the sound of truth, to hear while sitting under. Obedience does not mean compliant submission to an authoritarian leader. It means a deep kind of submissive listening to the authority of the truth, which is the word of God and the God of the word. Before obedience ever takes a step, it sits down before. Before the first hint of activity, it is surrendered attention. We must have surrendered attention to God and to his word and his truth. We must. Now, I want to share a testimony that I just received. Because this is important what we're doing and God God is saying things in this hour and God is giving direction and clarity and God is speaking to the sons of Issachar sons of Issachar were the the 
people of God in the Old Testament who understood the times and knew what Israel was to do. And all of us need a sons of Issachar anointing in our lives. We need the ability to hear and discern what it is the Spirit is saying in this hour that we might know what to do. Otherwise, we're just going around trying to find everyone else's opinion about what to do. When God says, if you'll seek me, acknowledge me in all your ways, then I'll direct your path. I'll show you what to do. Otherwise, you're going to be given to fear, speculation, conspiracy, and every other kind of crazy that the opinion of men have. And it's important in this hour that we stay tuned in to the voice of God and the sound of heaven. So this testimony says three weeks ago, Pastor Philip, three weeks ago you preached a sermon, Fear Not. You don't know, you didn't know at this time, but the Lord gave you that message just for me. I was sitting to your left on Saturday night and it was one of those messages that I felt like you kept staring right at me. There were a grouping of words that you said that I wrote down. These words weren't in my notes. That jerked my heart and will forever be ingrained into my head. You said, let's go conquer this mountain. Let's go overcome something. And those two exclamations gave me life and gave me solid ground, along with so many of the scriptures that you provided that Saturday night. And yes, I do unapologetically use a lot of scripture in my messages. Because we have so many people today drifting away from the word of God. So many people are deconstructing the word of God. So many people are making up what their Jesus according to what they believe or want him to be rather than what the word uh, expounds and clearly explains who he is. People are questioning clear teachings from the Bible because they're drifting from God's word. And that's why I'm always going to challenge you. Are you ready to get into the word and allowing the word to get into you? That's why I'm always challenging you to get into the word, not just when you're here in this moment, but pick it up in the morning when you, when you, have, when you put God first, wherever it is, in the evening, when you go to bed, wherever. But you, you get into God's word and you're letting it get into you. That, that word from uh, the Greek out of 1 Peter was from my devotional time, from another person who wrote it. Because I, I get into the word for me personally, not just to get a word for this sermon so I can do my job. <laughs> you all understand, this is an ongoing lifestyle of, of walking with God. Something keeps coming up to say, cancel, and I don't want to cancel. You, this, the devil is trying to get into this thing. And I'm not, you're not canceling me, devil. I'm not part of the cancel culture. You can have your own Yes, amen. Let me go there. Let me go there. Huh? <laughs> I, I want to go there. And just, you're canceled, devil. You're the ones defeated. All right. <laughs> because what you didn't know was that four days prior to that sermon, I went in for a diagnostic mammogram and ultrasound. What you didn't know was that the doctor told me I was showing signs of breast cancer and that we needed to to do two in-depth biopsies to find out what exactly we were looking at. I was afraid, I was nervous, and my ground was a little shaky, and I would think so. You always ask if we're ready to get the word into us, and my brain was somewhere else that night until you spoke those words. You know, showing up matters. Being in the word matters. 
And as much as I appreciate online and for those who can't come for various reasons, there are, there are distractions that happen even here, let alone when at home or somewhere else. And that's why it's important to show up because you never know when a word that you're going to need that's going to sustain your life is going to come and when it'll come. Until God in heaven breathed those words out of you and straight into my heart, that sermon you spoke, it was just for me. It was exactly what I needed to set my feet on solid ground and to rid myself of any fear. And the entire week, I kept telling myself, okay, Lord, I'm ready to overcome something. This Tuesday, I found out I have ductal carcinoma, which is breast cancer. When the doctor spoke those words to me, I was able to stand on solid ground in total confidence that God had me, that he had this, and your words kept ringing in my head. I wasn't shaken and I wasn't afraid. So thank you for letting God speak through you that night. That sermon will be one I will remember for and one that will give me light on dark days as we walk through the valleys. You also said that God will give you a song. He does that for me. There are songs I tie to certain events in my life and when I hear them I recall the miracles or I'm reminded to pray for whoever or whatever it is that is attached to that song. The day of my mammogram God gave me the song, Speak to the Mountains, by Chris McClarney. And then four days later, your sermon was about conquering a mountain. He is in the details. Come on, we give God glory. I'm not here. I'm not here to, to toot my own horn. I'm here to tell you how, how good God is and how God gives words and speaks words and, and, and sends them out. And one of the things I pray constantly before I ever come and preach or teach anywhere is I ask God to set a card over my mouth. I ask him to set a watch over the door of my lips that I might not sin against him. I ask him that as, that, that, uh, as I open my mouth that he would fill it. And, and, many, and many times he does. And many times he doesn't. And you guys have to discern. <laughs> that, that you got to turn on your discernment on that. I, I can't turn your discernment on for you. you you got to do that for yourself. Um, and so let's... Let's go with this word that God's given us today. Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, is to, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing in his kingdom. So Paul is giving a charge to his protege, Timothy, and he's charging him to preach the word. That there is a day of judgment coming. For you, Timothy, and for all those who hear you, and for the whole world. And it's going to come at his appearing. There is a day of reckoning. There is a day of accountability for every human being. Everyone. And he says, I want you to do something here. I want you to preach the word. These are the words that were spoken over me at my ordination. I don't know, honey, how many years ago was that? A long time ago. Going on, getting close to 40. It was preached hands were laid on and a commission was given and I've taken it seriously preach the word I was like preach the word not your opinion preach the word let the word speak opinions come and go opinions are varied but the word is forever settled in heaven the word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path the grass may wither the flowers may fade but the word of God abides forever and not your made-up word. And not your uh, made-up Jesus. Well, Jesus is the word today. We don't need the Bible. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. 
I don't worship my Bible, but my Bible will dictate my worship. It will, because otherwise we're just going we'll to say purple fairies are God. Little unicorns that buzz around with little nice little pixie dust and just, oh, you're a good person, even though you just sold fentanyl to a teenager. Oh, you're, no, seriously. This is crazy stuff. Oh, well, they meant, the, they meant well. They're just making a living for themselves. Are you kidding me? What kind of sick thing is that? But this is what will happen when we get away from the word. We drift into nonsense, to insanity and crazy. This kind of craziness that happens. New York City, you know, creates this abortion mandate up to the time you could, you're born. And then a few months later or weeks later, they'll go and applaud and clap. They clapped about that. And then they applaud and clapped that they're the first state in the United States to outlaw uh, decline of a cat because it's too inhumane. That veterinarians can't even declaw a cat. You cat worshipers. It's all your fault. No, is that crazy? How in the world can you kill a baby, a human being, in the womb, applaud it, and demand that you have the right to do it, and then stand up and say it's inhumane to claw a cat? Are you kidding me? That's insanity. That's darkness. That's delusion. Back to the word. To judge the living and the dead by his appearing. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. And that's why all of, that's for all of us here. You need to be in the word. You need to be sensitive to what you, you shouldn't be saying, Pastor, what's God saying? I want you to say, what's God saying? You tell me. You tell me. What are you hearing? And let's bounce it off each other to see if it's even close to being biblical. Well, what have you really been listening to? What have you really been into? <laughs> have you been into the word or something else? Let me hear. What's God saying to you? And let's test this with each other. Let's be the Bereans who hear the word of God, received it with joy, but then they went back and they tested it with scripture. Man, that felt good. It sounded good. But did it really line up with God? This is the way of the Christian. This is the way we're to be. And it says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove. That's correction. Rebuke. That's correction. Exhort. That's like, get off your lazy butt and get to work. <laughs> okay? That's, get, quit, being, quit giving excuses for why you're not doing this, why you're not doing that, why you're not giving, why you're not loving, why you're not sharing your faith, why you're not serving. You're just making excuses. Now get up and do something. Come on now. That's exhortation. Stop it. Stop the nonsense. You all know my definition of excuse. It's not original with me. I don't know where I got it, so I'll just claim I came up with it. I didn't. Excuse is nothing but a lie stuffed in the skin of reason, and any way you slice it, it comes up baloney. <laughs> and some of you love baloney way too much. And how are we to do it? With complete patience. Now that's a tough one for me. It's, I'm telling you, like the patience part. God's really trying to teach me something in that arena. 
I, I'm getting behind people all the time that can't drive. <laughs> Seriously, I, it's, I, I'm being serious. Like these people stand and sit. Go over to Costco. Go to the flashing lights. They have no clue. They have no clue that you, one goes, another one goes. No, they're just waiting. Like, are you kidding me? How in the world did you get a license? Or you can turn on red. Like, the cars are going this way. There's no one going this way. Like, no one. You can turn, and they sit. You don't know how bad I want to just take my old pickup, put some tires around it, and just start nerfing people off the road. Seriously. I am, I'm telling you the struggle is real. Pray for me. Put a cattle guard on it. All right. Wow. Where are you going? Where are you going with this? Yes, Jesus. Uh, when you say, don't ever pray for patience because you will be put in situations where it will be grueling evident how much you need it ingrained in you and I haven't been praying for it that's the deal and then and then with teaching okay moving right on thank you for letting me have a therapy session here uh for the time is coming when people will, will not endure sound teaching but having itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and this is part of the problem with today we can go anywhere we want, and as soon as we hear something we don't want to hear, we turn it off, and we go, well, let's go listen to Furtick today and see what he's got to say. Or let's go find our favorite pastor today, the one who we, you know, that's the one who's going to tell us what we want to hear. It's our passion, and that's why you got to be careful. You've got to get broader. You know, to every hammer, everything's a nail. This is why you've got to listen to, you got to listen to teachers. You've got to listen to people with pastoral heart, people who are apostolic, people who are evangelistic. It's like we need the full range. Or otherwise, we just go after our passion. And then the only thing is, you're not well-rounded then. All you see is one thing. There's just one thing that matters. Some people get stuck on one thing. All that matters. All that matters. No, listen, there's a lot of things that matter. There are a lot of things that matter. And we've got to appreciate everyone who's participating in the work of the kingdom throughout the world. And not just, they've got to champion my thing. If you're not championing my passion, then you're no good. That's crazy. I thank God for people who champion the electric grid and keep it up and going. I thank God for people who champion our water system and keep it pure. Come on, I champion a whole lot of people and thank, thank God for them. This is what will happen. We just want to, we just want, you know, just give me prosperity message. That's all I want to hear. I want to hear nothing else. You're going to be, you just fill in the blank. Like it's like, you know, I, I have a baby. I got a baby. Yeah, so did 300 other million people. They had them today too. Yeah, but my baby. I know, your baby's precious. Wait till they throw up on you. And oh, dad's gagging. You were so precious when you came into the world. And now you're a teenager and I want to give you back. <laughs> and they'll turn away from listening to the truth 
wander off into mist. As for you, always be sober-minded, enduring suffering. Do the work of evangelists. Fulfill your ministry. And that's a word. Fulfill your ministry. Don't sit on the sidelines. Fulfill your ministry. Every one of us have a ministry of encouragement, exhortation, serving, giving, loving, showing mercy, sharing your testimony. Like, don't sit on the side. Fulfill your ministry. For I am ready, already, Paul saying, I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all. All who have loved his appearing and all of God's people said amen at the teaching and preaching of his word. Now here's the message. Fight the good fight of faith. Why? Because our ultimate battle is a battle of faith. That's why. The ultimate battle that you're facing today is not gas prices. It's not inflation. It's not the stock market going up and down. It's not, will your 403B or 9 or K or retirement can or Roth IRA or whatever it is. Uh, retirement can. I said retirement plan. Okay. <laughs> That's not the issue. It's your faith. Faith. Faith is your transaction with heaven. Faith is the way you have trust in God. Our faith is the ultimate battle. Luke chapter 22, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. What is the purpose of sifting? What is the purpose of testing to see if your faith is real? Is it really real? Or are you living a fantasy? Is it only real because things are going well? Is it only real because you have us four and no more and you've got all that you need? Is that when it's only real? No, it's real when the rubber meets the road. It's real when, when the pressure comes and when the heartache comes and when the disappointment comes and when the attacks come. That's when faith becomes real. When the, when the darkness of depression comes in, when the dark night of the soul comes and looks like it wants to stay forever, this is where faith really kicks in. I remember Wayne Myers uh, came to our Bible college as a missionary in New Mexico and started thousands of churches. And he said, don't ever doubt in the dark what you've proclaimed in the light. Don't ever doubt in the dark. But I'm going to tell you what, when you're in the light, it's easy to proclaim the truth. When, all hail King Jesus, you're Lord of all. And then we get around somebody and we're afraid to mention his name. See, it's easy to proclaim in the light. But when the darkness comes, can you still proclaim it? That's where real faith kicks in. Paul said, I fought this good fight of faith. It's a fight. You see, when Satan went after Job, Job, he attacked his family, his livelihood, his reputation, his health. You name it, he went after it. He ultimately was after his faith. Satan was convinced he could kill Job's faith. Job's own wife tried to get him to curse God and die. But what did Job say? Though he slay me, yet will I praise him. And that's why he's after. He's not after your house. He's not after your money. He's not after your retirement. He's not after you with inflation. He's not after you. Listen, people. He's after your faith. And that's why you've got to fight the good fight of faith. 
And that's why it's important that you hear the preaching of God's word because faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. And I'm going to be tuned in to what God says because I'm going to tell you what, wars and rumors of wars and all conspiracies and everything else are not going to lighten up. We are in a season of trouble. We are in a season of testing. And everybody wants, well, can we get back to normal? Normal where God's just kind of there and he's just blessing us and we don't ever have any struggles. That normal is gone. We are in battle. We're in a fight for faith. And many are losing the battle. They're turning away from God. They're getting angry, upset, and mad at him. Going off into myths and fables and all other kinds of crazy. Job's own wife. Job, you ought to curse God and die. He said, you ought to shut your mouth, woman. And let me tell you what, Jesus wasn't afraid to call a spade a spade. And when Peter started mouthing off about, oh God, you're not going to do this, he just looked right past Peter, spoke to the spirit that was coming out of his mouth. He said, Satan, get behind me. He understood what had taken over Peter for that moment. He understood the spirit by which he was speaking. And he said, Satan, get behind me. Many of us need the courage to tell the devil, get behind me. Go to hell where you belong. You are not controlling my life. You're not ruling me by your fear. You're defeated. The cross defeated you. Christ defeated you. And you're going down. And you've gone down. And I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who loved me. Gave himself for me. And I don't love my life unto death. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. I have the word of my testimony. I'm going to hold fast my confession of faith. Without wavering. So I'm telling you. This is what needs to get put in us. This is what the word of God is. So faith is a big deal. That's the point I'm trying to make. It is the gift we have that brings us into relationship with God. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. It is through faith we please God, Hebrews 11. By faith Enoch was taken up so that we should, he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. This is why it's a big deal. It brings you into your relationship with God. It keeps you in a vital relationship with God. It's the way we please God. We walk by faith and not by sight, Corinthians tells us. For we know that if we have the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Come on now. This isn't all there is. This isn't all there is. Oh, death, where's your sting? Oh, grave, where's your victory? Yeah, my loved one died, but they're not lost. They're in heaven. They have an eternal home. Yes, I'm sad. Yes, I miss them, but I'm not going to miss them forever because I'm going to be eternally with them. And I'm going to be with them longer in heaven than I'll ever be without them on earth. So thanks be to God. This is my testimony. Yes, I grieve. Yes, I hurt. Yes, I have moments of sadness. But I know they have an eternal home and I have an eternal home with them and will be with the Lord forever. Praise be to God. This is what I believe. I'm an Easter Christian. Not just one day out of the year, but throughout 365, 
And even at a funeral, I'm an Easter Christian. Even though I might be sad, even though I might be disappointed, even though I may not understand. Are you hearing me? This is faith speaking. This is faith speaking and we must let our faith speak. We must. No, brother, I got more. <laughs> For in this tent we groan, we do groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling, if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. Naked. Naked in Texan. For while we are, are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared for us this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage. And we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. And I say amen to that. Like I say amen to that. However, I'm still on assignment here. And even though death is defeated, it's not yet abolished. And one day it will be abolished. But right now we live with the tension that is defeated but not yet abolished. So we shouldn't be surprised that people still die. It's still one for one. It's still one for one. And it will be that way until the Lord returns. So we must not be all surprised. We already know. So we meet it with faith. How do you live by faith? By faith. How do you die? By faith. Paul said, I'm getting ready to die. I know, my time is coming. David said it. I go the way of all men. And so he gave last instructions. How did he, how do they face their death? By faith. By faith, they faced it by faith. And that's how we face it. We are of good courage and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. There is a judgment day coming for everyone and we will all, Christians will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. This is the Bema seat. This is where rewards are handed out. This isn't where, okay, let's look at Alan here. Where Alan, maybe there's Alan in the house. I don't know, he was here last night. But let's look at Alan. We're all gonna stand there and look at Alan and see all the good he did and all the evil. That's not how any of this is gonna go down. This is the Bema seat. It referred to like the Olympics where the rewards are handed out. We already know who gets the gold. You get the silver, you get the bronze. So what's gonna happen is your sins are already taken care of before God. You're not gonna have a review of all your evil. What it means is everything you did with an impure motive, everything you did in the flesh, everything you did for personal attention or uh, carnality or natural reasons is gonna be thrown into fire. It's burned up. It's wood, hay, and stubble. Go read 1 Corinthians. You'll get an understanding of this. And then what will happen is all the good you did all, with pure motives... As to the glory of God, not unto man, all that stuff will become rubies and gold and precious jewels. And that's where the rewards come from. Come on, that's it. There you go. You know, that's the fear of the judgment seat of Christ. The great white throne of judgments where God separates the sheep from the goats. That's not a place you want to appear. Like you want to be a sheep. You want to make sure you're a sheep. <laughs> you want to make sure that you've accepted and received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you're walking with him. That's what you need to be sure of. You don't have to fear either one of those judgments then. 
Why do we need faith? Because shaking is happening and shaking will happen. Listen, and there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars and on the earth, distress of nations and perplexity because of the roaring of the seas and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. In other words, sit up in your seat, lean forward, and get ready for impact. Look up to heaven. Quit. Church, look to Jesus. Get your power from him. Get your word from him. Get your strength from him. Get your love from him. Get your mercy. Get your grace. Get your patience. Get your holiness. Get it from Jesus. I'm telling you, look to Jesus. Hear me now. I'm sorry I've neglected you over here. I love you all too. I have a tendency to go to the right and not to my left. We'll make the whole, no, I'll move on. <laughs> Here, here's the deal. What does it say? Oh, what about inflation, Pastor? And what about three, $3.50 gas? And I'm like, do you have faith? Do you have faith for $1.69 gas? Why can't you have faith for $3.50 gas? And why, come on now, what are we doing here? Do we believe this stuff or not? Do we believe the word or not? Why do we echo the fear of the world? When God has given us a spirit of faith, hope and love, power and a disciplined mind. Come on now. We've got to be the voice of heaven in this hour. We've got to sit under the teaching of heaven and the teaching of Jesus and begin to echo what we're hearing. So that the sound of praise and worship go Godward and upward rather than to worry and fear and the idol that the devil wants you to bow down to. My provision comes from God. My protection comes from God. He is my rock and my fortress and my strong tower. He is my deliverer. He is my very present help in the time of trouble. I have no one else to trust in for he has eternal life and he is eternal life. Come on now. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the God who is sovereign. And I'm going to tell you one thing. Go read the book of Daniel and understand what God can do with despot kings. Go look at what he can do with them. He can cause them to go from being the mightiest in the land to being a madman eating grass. And he can put Putin in his place. Let me tell you what, God can put Putin in his place. And I pray to God that he has an encounter with God. I pray that he'll come to his knees and fall on his face and he will cleanse his mind of this idea that he's some emperor and he's going to raise up a new a Soviet empire. No, God is in heaven and he'll only let him go so far. I'm going to tell you that. And that's my prayer. God, may he encounter you in the, may, in, the, in the darkness of the night. May he encounter you. May you show up in him and put a stop to what he's uh, trying to achieve. Come on now. This is a prayer of intercession. You see, why faith? Why faith? Because your faith is greater worth than gold. Look at what Peter says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Listen, I've not been birthed into death to death. I've been birthed into life and to life. I've been birthed into a living hope. And I'm not a hopeless person. And America's not hopeless. And the world's not hopeless. Why? Because I am putting my faith in the God of all hope. Come on now. Seriously, what are you birthed in? Some of you have been baptized in lemon juice. You've been, you've been baptized into sourpuss. No, you're baptized into living hope. You've been birthed into a living hope.
Though he praise him, though he slay me, yet I will praise him. He is my God and my King and my Lord and my Savior. This isn't a joke to me. He's the real deal. He's the only one that is tomb is empty of all the other philosophers and religious uh, purveyors throughout history. His tomb is empty. He's the Lord of resurrection whose birth that's into a living hope through his resurrection and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. That's my inheritance. What's your inheritance? What's your legacy, Pastor Philip? Jesus. What are you going to leave for your kids? Jesus, Dane, have faith in God. Have faith in God no matter what, Dane. No matter what, have faith in God, Dane. See, this is the word. This is the legacy. Oh, I'm going to leave you $2 million. No, I'm going to leave you the most precious thing in all the world. More precious than gold. This is your faith. Guard it. Protect it. Build it. Feed it. reason I'm so passionate about this because I know there's a spirit of evil in the earth that wants to make God malevolent and mean blame every bad thing that happens on him that's a malevolent spirit of the devil and I know that in this hour there's a spirit of fear it's an idol it's a spirit it is a spirit it needs to be addressed as a spirit it's not just some hormonal imbalance it's a spirit it's a spirit and spirits need to be bound, and spirits need to be crushed, and spirits need to be told to shut up so that the spirit of truth and God can emerge from our lives and our heart. This is why I'm so passionate about it. And this is why I'm getting out of the club of a shepherd and I'm beating this thing. Because it's not playtime. It's time for the church to emerge and to rise with power and strength because they've been in the presence of Jesus. And they've been in the presence of his word. And his word is like a fire shut up in their bones. And they know when to keep silent and they know when to speak. And they know when to tell the sorcerer to shut your mouth, you've been distracting now, it's time for you to go. So we bind you and you can no longer distract us anymore from our mission. You feign to be giving glory to God when you're not. So shut up. I could pronounce this message, shut up. That's what I should have titled it, shut up. This, is, <laughs> this inheritance is kept in heaven for you. For through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. That's why the Bible says to put on the shield of faith. You put on the shield of I'm shielded by faith. Why do you come at me with your doubt? Why do you come at me with your unbelief? Why do you come at me with your woes me? Why do you do that? Why? Why? My, I've got a shield of faith on. Get yours on. Get that stuff off of you. Get that stuff out of you. Rebuke the devil. Rebuke Satan. Rebuke the lies. Come on now. Get. Oh, Jesus, help us. Help us, Lord. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than what? greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire may result in praise, glory,
glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And all of God's people said, Amen. Stand with me and let us pray. Father in heaven, Father in heaven, here we are. We are desperate for more of you. We are desperate for the infilling of your presence in our lives. We are desperate, God, for faith to arise. And so, Lord, we unashamedly cry out for more, more of your anointing, more of your presence, more of your kingdom, more of your power, more in demonstration of your spirit. Oh, God, pour out your, your spirit upon all flesh. Are you flesh? Lift your hand and say, God, here I am. I'm a candidate for the outpouring of your spirit. I'm a candidate for faith to arise. I'm I'm a candidate, God, to bring you honor, to bring you glory, and to hear the sound of heaven and to echo it into the earth. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give him honor. Give him glory. Give him praise.